Welcome to Culture Conversations, a podcast that helps disciples make disciples in today's world. I'm Chris Moran, host of Culture Conversations, and today you'll be hearing from the elders of Eternal City Church as we discuss the divisive nature of politics in the United States. We look at the issue from a theological perspective, from a discipleship perspective, and we speak to one another with gentleness and respect. I trust you'll be encouraged. Brothers, here we are once again, the four. The four. I tried getting out of it. (laughs) So thankful you guys are here to discuss politics. My wife said, you guys are just looking for trouble. You just want, you want problems. Uh, And perhaps, perhaps. Um, We're going to talk politics tonight, but we're not going to talk it as in promoting a politician or a party, and that may disappoint some, but you may want to not click off right away. You may want to keep listening. Um, First, I think it's important for us to set out a theological distinctive because your theology really does matter in how you view the world. And we we are all biblical men. We are gospel-centered biblical men, which matters. But our views on eschatology also matter in light of how we view our role as, if you will, political citizens of America. So Pete, our theologian, has agreed to give us a briefing on what is post-millennialism and what is the theonomist position, because they kind of do go hand in hand most often. And it does, I think, matter that none of us are post-millennial and none of us are theonomists, which also makes a difference as to how we look at Christians' responsibility or lack of responsibility as concerns politics. So Pete, what is post-millennialism? A couple weeks ago in your sermon, you addressed this um, in in Mark 13. Yeah, so post-millennialism is an eschatological position ultimately that views a a future time where the gospel and and Christian ethics really become the majority position in the world. So through the gospel, people become Christians, people become part of the kingdom of God. And then through, um, through that spread of the gospel, through the growth of the church and Christian ethics becoming more of the norm within society, you see this kind of golden age, so to speak, of... Um, that the world reaches, that society reaches, and then there is the return, and and that's that's that golden age is like the millennium. It's not necessarily a literal thousand years, um, but that's the millennium, and then following that, so post millennial, post that time, um, Christ returns. So there's almost a an ushering in into the kingdom of God through progress, through developing morals and ethics that's ultimately undergirded by. The, the advance of the gospel and the spread of the church. That's kind of high level. View. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah. Um, as opposed to premillennialism, mm-hmm. uh, which you hold to. I do. Classical. Historic premillennialism. Yeah, yeah, classical, which basically says that there is coming rather a great tribulation. Correct. And the tribulation, uh, upon ending, will usher in a literal thousand year mm-hmm. rule of God, which will be much like what the post-millennials yeah. think will happen 
without a tribulation. Yeah, so God is God is physically, literally ruling on earth for that period of time where he's establishing his his kingdom on earth, which will have a higher higher Christian ethic, higher morality than what we see today. But leading up to that, there is a degradation in society. There's a there's a downward slope of how society will function. It becomes less and less quote Christian looking than um, we would than the postmillennials would expect. They would expect to see society become more Christ like in a way. Um, whereas I I would say that it would actually become less, that it actually goes further into depravity and immorality prior to Jesus' return. Yeah. So these things do matter. They're yeah. not they're not just, um, oh, well, I believe this, you believe this. Yeah. They matter in how you view what your responsibilities are, how you view current events, yeah. how you view what are Christians' responsibilities as far as making political decisions. It really does matter. Um, so we want to talk about, well, before we hit that, what is a, a theonomous position? Yeah, so connected to postmillennials. Yep. So, theonomous generally is it's theonomic postmillennialism is a subset of postmillennialism. So you don't need to be a theonomist to be a postmillennial postmillennialist. They they do tie together a lot. You you see a lot of similarities, but it's not always one for one. Um, but underneath all of that, really, is a, a theological position known as Christian Reconstructionism. That um, I, I think you could probably you could probably summarize by a, a few different ideas, but um, there's really only probably two or three that that I'll touch on. Um, before I get into that, though, basic theonomy. What does it mean? It just means God's law. Theos, namas, God's law. That's all that it means. Um, and the idea of it is that society ultimately needs to be ruled by biblical law, Old Testament law. And when you get into what they believe, it's not necessarily all law from the Old Testament. So if you think of the Pentateuch, you think of Old Testament law, it's moral laws. It's even in some cases, civil laws, um, because there are, there's disagreement within even theonomous positions here where some argue that all civil laws are actually moral laws. Mm. Um, and then you have others who say, no, it's just the, just the moral commandments that you would find in, in the Old Testament law. They generally, for the most part, do away with the, um, the ceremonial, the sacrificial type laws. They say those are temporary just for Israel. Um, so it's not all laws, but the ones that are still binding for us are eternally binding to not only Christians, but also all of society. So, the, the expectation is that the whole society would actually be underneath of and be bound by and, and, and the law would apply to all people. Um, it's actually a quote um, from, I can't remember if this was Bonson. I think it was Greg Bonson. Um, it says, the Christian is obligated to keep the whole law of God as a pattern of sanctification. His laws to be enforced by civil magistrates, where and how the stipulation of God so designates. So he's even going so far as to say not only is it a requirement for Christians in their sanctification and how they how they live out their faith, but it's also a requirement of those who are in civil magistrate positions. So think of a judge. He has a requirement to actually apply the Old Testament laws to present day situation, to present day life. Um so if you think of an example from Old Testament law, 
think of Deuteronomy 22 um, talks about adultery and that if a man and a woman are caught in adultery, that the Old Testament law says that they need to be killed. Um, so a theonomist generally, because there is some disagreement with this, would generally come along and say that needs to be applied to societal norms. So if there is adultery caught in 21st century America, what is right by God's standard is that they be killed. And so as you as you think about how does this kind of segue into politics, um, there is a there is then a a correlation made between this Old Testament law, Israel, and where we are now. So think our context, 21st century America. So with this correlation, um, engagement, ult- engagement with politics, engagement with society, ultimately has the end goal of returning to Old Testament law as the norm for society, as what dictates judicially even our society. So that's why you would see Theonomists generally head in a direction of wanting to see social policies that are very conservative and and push for more conservative social policies um, because they think it would actually bring about what they believe is the right, right, right way of viewing scripture, which is Old Testament law applied today to all peoples and all societies. Hmm. And the argument goes something like, you know, how could you say that God's law yeah. is in error in yeah. any way? Uh, and in Romans 7, Paul would even say, is it the law that's the problem? And Paul says, no, it's not the law, it's us. We are the problem. God's law is holy, righteous, and good. However, you get to the, the New Testament and Jesus deals with a woman caught in the act of adultery. Yeah. And, you know, the, the law of Moses says she should be stoned. What do you say? And, and he says, he... You who are without sin cast the first yeah. stone, mm-hmm. you know. And so rather than saying, yeah, let's let's apply this, um, he applies mercy. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So I think there's some reckoning even with Jesus that, that would yeah. cause me to wonder mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the theonomous position. Uh, but we're not here to talk about theonomy necessarily. <laughs> but, but it is important because it's helpful for people to understand where different Christians are coming from as far as a theological standpoint and where they're standing has a lot to do with where they're engaging uh, in, in, in politics or not. So w- real quick, one more example on the other uh, of the extremes would be like the Amish Mm-hmm. You know, where they're more pacifists, yeah. and so they pull out of society completely, yeah. and they don't engage at all, not even with electricity. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them. Um, I would say most of them, but you can catch them, you know, building houses with power tools and stuff, as yeah. long as they don't take them onto the grounds themselves. But as soon as they step off the grounds, mm-hmm. you know, they'll pick up that DeWalt, you know, and they'll be, <laughs> be killing it. Um, so anyway, but that's another example of how your beliefs, mm-hmm. what, you're, what you believe is right, that mm-hmm. we should pull out and, and you know, not engage society at any level, even in politics. Uh, that foundational standpoint will dictate what you do or don't do. Um, all right, so let's, let's talk current um, you know, elections next week. And what we want to do is at least say this, that for our people, for our church, whom we are responsible for shepherding, what we do not want to see as pastors is we don't want to see uh, our people biting and devouring one another over political candidates. 
Uh, it's one thing that's very grievous to me about this election season. And we were just talking off off camera and off microphone about Twitter mm -hmm. and how Twitter just is this environment for biting and devouring one another. So much so that my brother, he just recently yep. <laughs> off it. He, he left Twitter. Uh, he's like, I'm out. Uh, and, and it is very discouraging to me to see the way that we're so quick to either one, I'm done with you, even though you're a brother and a sister. Mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe maybe at worst, you're not a brother or sister. Mm -hmm. Because how could a Christian take this position with this candidate? Mm -hmm. And and it's just it's grievous to me how we're so quick to demonize people mm -hmm. yeah. and how we're so quick to, you know, put this position as the only way. You know, there's a mm -hmm. there's the narrow path, which is this view that I have, and then there's the broad way which is every other way which leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen this, or am I the only mm -hmm. one that's seeing this? No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And does it discourage you? I mean, I, no. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very discouraging. I, yeah. For me, you know, some people, they get energized by fights. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not that type of person, and maybe it's a personality thing. But I'm not, uh, you know, when I see a, a fight happening, I'm not, like, wanting to jump mm -hmm. in and, right. and yeah cheer for somebody and rile everyone up and mm -hmm. so maybe maybe it's personality I don't know but I don't like that the way that Christians are not loving each other mm -hmm. and rather you know probably more along the lines of slandering each other mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, and absolutely. along the lines of speaking evil against one another mm -hmm. and certainly not being charitable like yeah. certainly mm -hmm. not yeah. uh, thinking the best you know love believes all things love mm -hmm. hopes all things love endures all things Love never fails. It's certainly not the First Corinthians 13 kind of love that is being displayed on a lot of podcasts and, and on Twitter uh, itself especially. Mm -hmm. So for our church, we don't want that to be the flavor. We don't want to have a Twitter flavor mm -hmm. surrounding politics. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, Justin, you want to say something? It looks like you want to say something. Uh, I, guess, I mean, I guess I would say that for the people who care about politics, which I think to varying degrees we all do, but mm -hmm. what we're saying is we don't like the infighting and the bit, the bickering. Um, I, I think I do want to affirm that like a lot of the issues that are tangential to politics are important. Like yeah. we care about, you know, immigration, we care about economic inequality, racial injustice, abortion, like we care about all those things. But what we're, I think what we're trying to say is like, we don't see politics as the zero sum game for accomplishing progress of, for any of those issues. And in fact, we would, you know, in, in all of those things categorically want to disciple people into personally getting involved with any of those issues as opposed to entrusting all of my hope for whatever the issue is into the political sphere. Mm. So that, that's where I do want to affirm and say like, yeah, we, we think issues are important for sure. But what we're saying is that we don't see politics as the be all end all for any issue. Um, and, and that there's much more we can do locally as believers with each other, with our community to see change happen. So that's yeah. helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're in an environment where if you abandon God uh, as the being who is worthy of worship and that you actually worship, something will move into the worship mm -hmm. space yeah. because yeah. we are made as worshiping right. beings. Right. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, politics yeah. and politicians and policies have become that worship yep. space yep. in their life. Yep. And that's why they get almost uh, really worshipful about it. And mm. they get violent when mm. their God is is defiled, mm. you know, yeah. in a sense. Mm. Um, have you guys seen this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. 
That's what rallies are, right? Yeah. I mean, if you watch any political rally nowadays, yeah. the cheering, the the sense of op- optimism, the hope is all very much like a worship service. Like this is the person that's going to usher uh-huh. into yeah. usher us into the next golden age, be it the left or the right or you know the mm-hmm. libertarian or the Green Party or whoever. And so, yeah. yeah, I think very much so when you remove a theological understanding of what change can come about and you put it into politics and political ideologies, then yeah, you watch a rally and it very much looks like a worship yeah, service. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the the um the speaker is the Messiah, the, the you know the savior of of everything, mm-hmm. and um, and people are cheering him on and all that. And it's very much like you said, like like a worship service. And they won't call it that, obviously. And, and it, but it, but it has the same flavor, if you will, mm-hmm. and the same uh, um, environment as, as as a worship service. And that's not a good thing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Would you say it's wrong for people to be very politically involved? No, not wrong. No, okay. no, it's not wrong to do that. It, it's it's how how deeply, if I can say it like that, how deeply you're involved, and will you will you place politics in your importance in life? Where you place that, I guess you can it determines how determines your response to everything. How important is it to you compared to other things? So I think that's 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 the issue. Is how important is it? So can I maybe offer a diagnostic real quick? So let's imagine that somebody is very, very up-to-date on their favorite political podcaster, mm-hmm. um, yet they haven't read their Bible in a month, mm-hmm. yet they don't miss their podcast every day. Is there a problem there? No, oh, yeah, huge absolutely. problem, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why is there a problem, Pete? Because the, as, as good as whatever that person is saying that that person believes they're saying they're not god like that they they are not the that podcaster is not the author of truth mm. they they may say true things mm-hmm. but right. they are not the ones who are providing soul sustaining food that a christian needs to be able to progress in their sanctification to be able to grow in their faith to be able to become more loving and christ-like and humble and gracious and caring for other people most podcasts, political podcasts you listen to, you end up angry at the end. You're like, whoever's on the other side, I hate them. Like that's, right, that, yeah. it, it's almost driving like visceral reactions of, of frustration with the other side, quote unquote. Um, but you're, you're not growing in what is sustainable truth for you mm-hmm. at the end of the day. If you're filling your mind constantly with um, what is political in nature, what is... And, and this isn't just even for politics. This is just for any aspect mm-hmm. of life. If you're mm-hmm. filling your life with something that isn't marked by the truth of Scripture, um, we're ultimately in a position where we're where we're pursuing something that isn't going to satisfy us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if it's not going to satisfy us, it's ultimately going to lead to pursuits of other things to satisfy, which will will lead us down a path away from God ultimately, um, until we get back to a point where we're being sustained and satisfied by Scripture. It's good. It's good. Um, what is the role of church and what is the role of government as institutions set up by God? Because we would agree that there are several institutions that God has set up. Mm-hmm. You have uh, the family, you have mm-hmm. the church, you have government. Um, what is the distinct roles of government, you would say, and what are the distinct roles of the church? Is there overlap, perhaps, even? Uh, I think I'll take a first pass at this. I see, and and we were talking about theological kind of end times views. I'll say 
something that, that I appreciate when I hear people saying, I'll just admit for myself, like I'm still learning, forming, reading, you know, more concretely where I would consider myself with the end times theologically. I probably would right now say I'm amillennial, which is a bit. I haven't talked to him enough. (laughs) (laughs) So I have (laughs) in short, what that means is that I, I, I kind of fall between the Amish and the, uh, the the theomnist, mm. theonomist and in, in that I believe Jesus could come back at any time and yeah. I don't know that there's any political involvement that will determine that bad or good and so broadly speaking I, I see the government more in the Romans thirteen role punish evildoers or the First Peter role co- command what is good but I don't see the role of the government as bringing about any level of discipleship change cultural progress I, I I see that more in the role of the church and I think as a movement we kind of see that as well which is why we focus on church planting and not mm-hmm. on you know getting mm-hmm. into elected office right. and we would encourage people as members of churches like if you have that skill set mm-hmm. and you're you know really skilled in you know uh, constitutional law like go for it like mm-hmm. you know lead f- fully but I, I see uh, more the church being faithfully present in culture as opposed to uh, overthrowing or, or taking over the culture and not and also not pulling back from the culture. So I would mm-hmm. say I kind of fall in that middle sphere as far as what the role of the church is. Mm-hmm. And there is, I, I do see there there is sometimes overlap, right? So if our church is doing things that actively harm people, we have a church that believes in, you know, setting buildings on fire, then the government should step in and say, no, you shouldn't do that because that harms people. Yeah. And that's, you know, that you're doing evil. Right. Um, and, and so I would say at a real high level, I'd say the government kind of exists as, as really far guardrails on society but the church is the thing that actually pushes society forward towards renewal and change and, and human flourishing. So that's because yeah, we would a, a say real high level take. Yeah, it's helpful. We would say only, and the Bible would say this: only the the power of God through the gospel, the Holy Spirit being the power, mm-hmm. can change a human heart, can take mm-hmm. from spiritual death to spiritual life, and only after their spiritual life are your eyes awakened to not only realize the depths of your own sin because even as a as a christian you're always seeing more of your impatience and your mm-hmm. bias and your prejudice and your you know all let manners of sins mm-hmm. that are present within you don't see them immediately mm-hmm. upon being born again god is in process of revealing these things to you mm-hmm. as you grow um that being said um what what should a christian do who is concerned with politics, uh, and and maybe they aren't going to the worship side. They're not misdoing politics. Um, I'm thinking of, say, Mark Dever's church on Capitol Hill, or I'm thinking of David Platt's church right outside of, of D.C. and Virginia, where a lot of politicians are members of those churches. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, um, you know, someone like Mark Dever is not going to say you should decide this policy or that policy mm-hmm. uh, because that's not my place. My place is to pray for you, mm-hmm. uh, even though I may have an opinion on those mm-hmm. specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's right? Do you think that's helpful? So it, yeah. maybe here's another way yeah. to ask it. Let's say one of our church members came to you and said, tell me who to vote for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would you tell them who to vote for or would you say something else? I would in Eddie's name, <laughs> <laughs> and Can't I would concur. There. I would say, "Yeah, you write my name in." No, no, I would. I wouldn't tell him to vote for. I would not do that. I would. I would go another route. <laughs> yeah, I would not do that because I don't feel it's my place to do that. Okay. Um, 
but I would talk to them concerning what their concerns are. Ask them what their concerns are, and you know what they think. Um, both politicians, uh, where, the, where their stances are and where they agree. So I would talk to them along those lines, but I would not tell them who to vote for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want anybody telling me who to vote for, even though they try. But <laughs> and people do it in, in, in a roundabout, subtle ways. But you know. And I, and I also I, I would agree with you, Eddie. And I I would also add. I wouldn't put a binder on them to vote a certain way. Right, right. To to say they have to vote a certain way or else they, as we've seen recently, and one of the reasons I deactivated Twitter, or else you need to be kicked out of the church. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You you need to be excommunicated from the faith Mm -hmm. because you voted a certain way. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't want to put that that binder on their conscience. And and also, I wouldn't want to add that to the gospel. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to put something there that says you have to do something in particular in relation to politics that that uh, is a is a requirement for you to maintain your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that's dangerous. Yes, yeah, very territory dangerous. to get into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would agree. I I wouldn't vote or I wouldn't tell someone who to vote for. Um, particularly, I, if someone was. Uncertain of issues, we would talk through issues. We would talk through mm-hmm. yeah. different policies of candidates, local, state, presidential, as I have knowledge of them because I don't have knowledge of all of them, um, and just just handle things at that level. And yeah, to your point, Eddie, like asking questions. What are they? What are their concerns? Yeah. What, what yeah. are what are they particularly concerned about in relation to the election? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you go to the extreme of, of threatening <laughs> to excommunicate people because of their position politically, um, I think in part that, that, that shows where you place politics in your, in your worldview even, mm-hmm. in, in, in your life. If you're willing to go that far, um, how important is it to you? Now, you, know, you may say it boils down to not necessarily politics, but issues, but um, at the same time, I still think you're, you're, you're overstepping your bounds when you do that. Um, and 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 because because people can be saved and wrong, <laughs> you know, where there's political, they can be wrong about a political position. They can be saved and in error, and they can be saved and in rebellion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you're not saved. You're in rebellion. You're in sin, but you're in rebellion. And and some people, that's where they are. And uh, but I don't kick them out of the body of Christ because of that. I can't do that. I don't have the. I can't do that. So, so I think that it says a lot about where you yeah. place politics in your life when you when you when it's that serious where you're threatened to throw a brother or sister out of the church. Can I maybe draw that question out a bit though? Because I think what's what maybe the discourse is is there are like you said there's issues underneath politics. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the right there's the issue of abortion and the unborn. Mm-hmm. On the left there's myriad issues. But let's mm-hmm. say on the left there's concerns about the moral qualifications mm-hmm. and the racial uh, epithets of the person mm-hmm. who's running for re-election. Mm-hmm. So what people are saying is, if you support this person on the left, you're endorsing their choice for mm-hmm. the continuation of the legalization of abortion, which as Christians, we would say life is divine mm-hmm. and that it should be protected at every stage. Or on the right, they're saying, well, if you vote for this person, you're now morally culpable for their decisions around the way they talk about uh, immigrants, refugees, mm-hmm. and other minority groups. Yeah. Uh, can we maybe talk through, like, if I vote for either candidate, am I morally culpable for the choices they make, mm-hmm. you know, that I mm-hmm. may or may not disagree with as, as a Christian? Because I think that's where the mm-hmm. concerns about mm-hmm. politics maybe come from, is there are important issues under them, mm-hmm. and both parties have their 
you know, we could say their flaws, their pluses and their minuses. And we certainly could see historically, right? Like mm-hmm. politics in the history of America has led to some good changes, right? The Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. the, the you know, Emancipation Proclamation. Like those are good things that mm-hmm. historically we would like to look back and say, well, all Christians should have agreed that slavery was illegal. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. All Christians <laughs> should have supported yeah. the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't. didn't. <laughs> but so yeah. we're now looking at this and saying, well, these are some important moral issues. How do we assign or not assign moral culpability to the stances politicians have? Because their views do have consequences somewhat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 And I can think you can even make the issue an idol. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, you know, like I said, you wouldn't call it that, but you can get to the point where that issue becomes such an idol in your life that you're willing to, 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 to you know, stiff arm your brother and mm-hmm. your sister in Christ and say, get out of here, you know, mm-hmm. and you just, you just can't do that. That's, yeah, so I, I, can, I can maybe speak a bit to this. Um, when I've talked to various people on both sides, um, I listen, I try to listen, mm-hmm. try to understand where people are coming from. And there is a, on the right, there is, I think abortion is the main issue for Christians, yep. right? And yep. so, uh, and, and I, I sympathize. I'm like, in, in, in good conscience, mm-hmm. I cannot vote for somebody who holds an abortion position. I just can't. I mm-hmm. cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, in my conscience, I will be accountable for that decision. Mm-hmm. However, if someone else's conscience allows them to vote for that person, we could say not because of that issue. Mm-hmm. That issue would be a disagreement, but perhaps all the other issues or some of the other issues, maybe not all, they they think are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that would be enough for them to say maybe maybe abortion won't change if I vote mm-hmm. for this person on the right, so I'll vote for this person on the left, even though I disagree with them on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're going to stand before God for their decision, mm-hmm. uh, just like I'm going to stand before God for my decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to allow for um, people to have their own conscience on certain issues and allow them to be... Um, free to choose. However, I would also say if you're, let's just take the pro-life issue. If you're pro-abortion and you're a Christian, I want to sit down and have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt you or harm you. I don't want to destroy you, but I want to try to open up the Bible and show you where, where this is not a good theological position. Mm -hmm. And therefore your bad theology is producing bad consequences in the world Mm -hmm. that are against one of the Ten Commandments. Okay. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is for, for a lot of people on the right, because I mostly talk to them, you know, when I talk politics, people on the right are like, I just can't understand how anyone could vote for a candidate who is not pro-life. Like I just, they can't understand it. Mm -hmm. And from what I've tried to, to understand is, and you guys can, can help me here if, if you, if you can, um, it's, not because of their uh, non-pro-life position, mm-hmm. it's the other issues. Mm-hmm. They would say, no, we don't like this, this non-pro-life position, and we would like for that to change mm-hmm. on this side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the vote is in spite of the non-pro-life position, if they do vote that way. Is that fair or not? Yeah, I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely, yeah. Because there's other other issues that are just as important to them as abortion, you know, whatever that may be, you know. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's I would agree with that. It's not the only thing that's important, and it's not just pro life in the womb. It's pro life outside the womb too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, which is a which is a whole other thing. You did you know, it's like a lot of people are concerned about the baby in the womb, but not the person outside the womb. And so that's a that's a uh, issue as well, and that's a concern that people have that they don't get treated yeah. properly yeah. Uh, once they get here. You know, they seem to be a lot of times, it goes back to the whole equality thing, racial equality and mm-hmm. gender equality, all that kind of stuff, you know, immigration, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, those are life issues as well. That's being pro-life too. Mm-hmm. Not just pro-life with the baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. So, you, Justin, do you agree with that? No, I do. I, I think it's, it's important to maybe for us to parse out like sin and how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or how it may manifest itself in society. So... Does me voting for either candidate mean that all of their moral decisions are now imputed onto me? No, right, absolutely yeah. not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on the right, you know, someone decides not to vote for a pro-life candidate. Am I now guilty for that person's legislation regarding abortion? Or is it possible for me to say, I'll vote for this candidate who's not pro-life because I agree with them on these other 10 issues, but I disagree with them on that. Um, or on the right, or on the other side as well, right? It's possible for me to say, well, I like this person's policies here, here, and here. But I don't here, here. But I don't get their racially inflamed rhetoric imputed onto me. I'm not automatically guilty of yep. all the things the person's saying. Yep. I think that's what we're maybe trying to parse yeah, out. Yeah, so it's right? a nuanced yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard people say the same thing about you know uh, Donald Trump. I don't know how anybody right. who's a Christian yeah. can vote for Donald Trump. I've heard the right. same thing. Right. But can vote for a man like Donald Trump. How mm-hmm. could they do that? You know, mm-hmm. And we saw that in 2016 where you saw this big blow up, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the evangelical church, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, when he when he got elected, and 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 a lot of people, black people in particular, were like, "What in the world just happened?" Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so I, you know, we got we got that question on both sides. Mm-hmm. How could you? How yeah. could you? <laughs> you know, and that's where the tension is. That's where the tension is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the way Justin gave an answer there. Um, what we would say is. There are, there's probably no candidates who we would line up on every single issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. And on certain issues, we would, I would assume, disagree yeah. wholeheartedly oh, yeah. on, if not anything, then on character issues and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so what your, your question is, if we vote for the person, is there, in a sense, can there be a more narrow vote than just taking the, everything this person is and yeah. says and does and taking all their history yeah. and all of it, I endorse all. Is it yeah. possible mm-hmm. to rather be way more nuanced? Um, so, for example, I know people in the last election who were like, it's the court. It's the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm voting for, and that's mm-hmm. my issue. All the other stuff is far less important than the court. And that's my vote is for the court this year. Mm-hmm. You're saying, is that possible yeah, to yeah. do that? Yeah. Because I think of like, so Romans 1, 30 through 32. Uh, well, let's actually back up. 29. They became filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil and they disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteousness decree, they uh, that decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. So Romans one starting at twenty nine talks about all things that we as Christians would say are wrong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Malice is wrong, slandering is wrong, insolence wrong, arrogance wrong, boasting wrong. But then thirty two talks about they do such things mm-hmm. and approve of those who practice them. Right. So there seems to be a categorical difference yeah. between mm-hmm. 
doing these things and approving of those who practice them. Mm-hmm. Both of those we would say are wrong, mm-hmm. but I think what we would maybe want to parse out with someone who votes for any candidate, because both candidates, you could say, have mm-hmm. some level of sin associated yeah. with them. All candidates do. Right, it's impossible not to. Mm-hmm. Does your conscience allow you to vote for this person and perhaps not feel that you're approving of their practice? Yeah, that's good. And I think that's where Christians have to try to think through mm-hmm. whoever they vote for is, does me filling in the dot next to this person's name mean I approve of everything they do? And that gets into Romans 14. Yep. Mm-hmm. Will your conscience allow right. you to do that? Will you feel comfortable having to stand before God and say, I voted for this person consciously knowing where they stand on everything and I thought it was the best choice. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that because you filled the dot next to their name that you are now guilty of doing all the things that mm-hmm. they did. Right. And I think that's... Or even approving. Or even yeah. approving. Not doing, yeah, exactly. but even approving, even approving all of the things right. that yeah. they've done. That's true. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there hesitation there? Do you- I, I mean, I think the hesitation is we all have to have that in our conscience, right? Will I feel comfortable standing before God and saying... I filled in the dot next to this person's name, even though I knew they stood for things that were counter to the word of God. And that's, mm-hmm. we're going to all have to yeah. have some level of that on their conscience with yep. any candidate. And so I think that's, again, mm-hmm. that's where maybe our the- eschatological understandings come in because we don't see politics as salvific. Right. We mm-hmm. see it as, you know, guardrails for society, but in no way is it going to bring about a kingdom of God. So I'd like to say that if I were around, you know, in the past that I would have done the things that look good today, but we all kind of have to, try to weigh that out and see if, you know, if I vote for this person in the past, will it look good? You know, will, will it achieve the things that I hope achieve? Will it keep some right. of the basic levels of society in place that I hope it does? So, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the challenge is it's a conscience thing in many ways, you know, but it doesn't mean that because I voted for X, Y, or Z person that I'm now guilty of all the things that right. they did. Agreed. Yeah. Because right. I think we see that in the Bible, right? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, prophets and Nehemiah is a cupbearer for a king. Mm-hmm. Daniel is, is mm-hmm. you know, and Shara like they're all, they're all kind of involved with wicked governments, mm-hmm. but they're faithfully representing God there. And so I think there's a place for us, even in politics, to kind of say that Christians can play that same role, but we all need to figure out how far can I go in this mm-hmm. without compromising my, my Christian convictions and my mm-hmm. conscience. So, yeah. That's helpful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and the, the matter of conscience is a, is an interesting yeah. one we because we all have a conscience, and it's right. been formed by what we've our lived experience. Mm-hmm. It's been formed by what we've read. It's been formed by what we've heard. It's been formed by our upbringing. Um, but Romans fourteen, you know, if I could summarize the first mm-hmm. couple of verses, who are you to judge another man's servant? Mm-hmm. It's before the Lord that he stands or falls, and the right. Lord is able to make, make him stand. stand. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is. Let's say Eddie votes totally opposite to me, okay? Let's just imagine that. And yet I'm willing to say, regardless of what side of the aisle I'm on, because Eddie voted that way, he is no longer, mm-hmm. you know, on God's side. He is opposed to God because mm-hmm. of his vote. And I think Romans 14 would say, like, who are you to judge another man's servant? Mm-hmm. It's before the Lord. Another, implying Eddie is God's servant, not Chris's servant. Mm-hmm. Right before right, right. Eddie, Eddie belongs to God, not to Chris. Right. Right. Eddie will not stand before Chris on Judgment Day and give an account for his decisions, mm-hmm. voting included. Uh, Eddie will give an account to God, as yeah. Chris will give an account to God. Right. And so, why why do we? Here's a question I think that we can add to the conscience question: mm-hmm. Why do we feel the need to bind other people's conscience? Is it to make us feel more 
right about our decisions? Is it that we feel obligated to sway other people's opinions because of activism? Is it because we feel morally responsible for other people in ways we shouldn't? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just throwing out ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why does it... Okay, I get that, that some of the arguments are, look, like life and death is here mm-hmm. before you, you know, choose life, right. Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some people, they feel like it's their moral duty mm-hmm. to do activism in some sort of way, whether it's to go into the Planned Parenthoods and do activism and, and to campaign for the pol- politician that they think is going to change this issue or on the other side to do political activism because mm-hmm. of their issue, whatever their issue is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for us, though, if they're against our position, we are much more willing to say, I don't They're probably not a Christian. I mm-hmm. mean, how yeah. could they be? Because. Yeah. 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 So I think the, the conscience piece of it is also something we have to unpack. Right. Because we're, we're using that word conscience. And I'm wanting to also maybe answer your question and, and unwrap that a little bit more, which is, you know, we wouldn't say that if if you lied to me. And then I was like, why'd you lie? And you're like, well, my conscience is okay with it as a Christian. Right. We would say, no, the Bible is clear. Like, you mm-hmm. can, thou shalt not lie. Like, like that's, a, that's a consistent mm-hmm. position throughout the Bible. Like, lying is wrong. And we as Christians would say that's sin. And you would be, you know, if you were someone who were constantly lying. Like, com- coming under some level of like, hey, can we correct this to get it fixed? We, mm-hmm. would, we wouldn't just, like, let you do what you want on that issue. Right. But we would say voting falls in the – and if – you haven't read Romans 14. It's a good kind of summary of what we're calling conscience. We would say voting falls in that area because there is no book chapter verse that says thou shalt mm-hmm. vote this way. Right. Yeah. And so I think to answer your question, maybe why do we get so uh, up in arms about trying to make voting as if it, there's a thou shalt not is because it simplifies things. It does. It yeah, makes it, it makes a lot easier to say there are these yeah, yeah. large, complex problems in the world. And if all Christians would do this, it would be solved. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wish most issues were that simple. No, and, and they're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. if yeah, you take, not, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to say this as apolitically as I can, but if you take the issue of abortion, the rates have dropped under Democratic and Republican yeah. leadership. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm not doing that to endorse or condemn anyone right. politically yeah. as much as to say, like, maybe it's more complicated than just who's the yeah. president at the time or who's right. in the yeah. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Right. And as Christians, we can certainly do more to help women who are, you know, facing crisis pregnancies. We can do more to help uh, people who are disadvantaged economically because that's a driver in abortion. Like there's so much more we can do besides just vote. But when we make voting the thing and we say, well, if you vote this way, the issue will be solved, then that simplifies it. But unfortunately, voting falls in that conscious area because there is no biblical thou shalt vote this way and it will have this result. Yeah, 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 I, I, I agree. And I've heard this reason. I, don't, I didn't look into it myself, but I heard somebody talking along these lines, and they said that actually um, uh, there have been less abortions under Democratic presidents than, than Republican. And I guess I don't know how true that is. They said that, I guess they... And, and so that, to, to, to your point, um, uh, we have to be careful. We have to mm-hmm. be careful with that, and even with even with the judges, because I think with that Brett Kavanaugh, um, he didn't vote exactly the way they wanted him to when it came to the abortion issue, right. Right. you know. Right. And uh, and that was all one of the whole points of getting him in office. And mm-hmm. then a couple of them have done that. They've kind of like you know, mm-hmm. went on the on the um, evil side. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, when it came to the abortion issue. Besides, so, it's not biblical. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And even with the whole conscious thing, you know, and I get it. I understand people say, vote your conscience, vote your conscience. Well, what if your conscience was misinformed? 
Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, because if, if your conscious was missing harm, I don't want you broken your conscious. You know what I'm saying? So, so even that can be. You know, I know what people mean when they say that about your conscience but your conscience can be misinformed and be um and so the, therefore you can make an error in your in, in 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 voting a certain way because your conscience was misinformed not just voting just with anything mm -hmm. you know if you have bad information mm -hmm. you know you can make the wrong decision based on bad information is my point you know so uh, i'm struck as we're talking how this issue of who to vote for is a very american issue yes mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. and it's a very mm -hmm. Mm -hmm within the last 200 years issue mm -hmm. like the the church the church didn't get a vote when paul was writing romans mm. um mm. they were getting well, killed peter was writing peter. Right. peter was writing yeah like right. they, they yeah. didn't get a vote for who was in charge it was really right. it's only been within the last couple hundred years a couple hundred years where this has been a a thing where the church has had to engage with this so it's just to to impose a biblical requirement on people mm -hmm. as we've already said when, when for centuries, th this wasn't this wasn't even a, a reasonable thing for people in the church to even think about. Like, hmm. voting was not a thing. Well, Politics was not a thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and it and it's only been really, I think, within the last probably thirty to forty years, fifty years really, if you go back to hmm. Ro Roe v. Wade mm -hmm. and the abortion issue, where the elements of this this morals and and Christian ethic really got involved in politics, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, and and I think there is a real like Justin, what you're saying, I do what you're saying. There's there's a lot of complexity with mm -hmm. these issues mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that are going to be different as each person evaluates them, mm -hmm. and and as we're informed on them. Like Chris, personally, I I agree with you. Like I I can't personally vote for someone who's taking a pro or a pro choice position. I just can't do it. Um, that's my personal conviction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I understand the complexity of the the situation. I, I understand that there are socioeconomic implications with why why women are getting abortions, and I think think what a what a hard view of this does ultimately for us is it comes to someone who has had an abortion, a woman who's had an abortion, mm -hmm. and it automatically looks at them as a villain. Mm -hmm. It immediately puts mm -hmm. them as mm -hmm. you've you you've just you just want to kill babies, mm -hmm. and and I think there are instances of that being correct. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you see in society mm -hmm. like we're really yeah. we're really going downhill when we've yeah. got yeah. people who are celebrating their abortions, like, like crazy stuff. Yeah. The, yeah, but I'm thinking of the the single woman mm -hmm. who got pregnant unexpectedly mm -hmm. and doesn't feel like she has another choice, mm -hmm. doesn't feel like she has another outlet. And so she does this, um, maybe even against her own conscience, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, maybe even mm -hmm. not wanting to do it, but feels like she has to. Um, where are we as Christians reaching out to that person to care mm -hmm. for them? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. are, are we putting ourselves in their lives to, to care about them and to help them so that when the time comes that that pregnancy happens, they're not... They're not thinking about, I, I have to do this because I don't have another choice. Mm -hmm. um, are we engaging with people's lives in that way? Mm -hmm. Like, I would rather see our church engaged in that way and not care a lick about politics. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. who cares who we're voting for if mm -hmm. we're engaged in people's lives and we're doing it? Just don't vote <laughs> and engage in people's <laughs> lives. Like, if we're going to do that, if we had a choice, right. I would rather see us engaging in the lives of people and targeting society and culture in that way rather than 
um, getting into a voting booth every four years and thinking that'll change that, the yeah. world. That's the extent of my involvement yeah. with this yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's what's interesting is the Bible doesn't command us on how to vote, but it does give us clear commands about loving one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can get so knotted up in how people are voting that we can maybe look past like, oh, the Bible says we should serve one another in brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I know the needs of the brothers and sisters in my congregation? Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody in the congregation got, you know, pregnant and didn't know about it, would I even know? Or am I so wrapped up in what's happening politically? Or my neighbor, right? The people who live on my yeah. street. Like, am I involved in their lives? And do they know that I'm a person that they can reach out to if they have trouble in their life? Mm-hmm. That seems to me the more thing that I would bind people as conscious on and say, yeah, we should be doing that. We should be seeking to make relationships with people, to share the gospel with them, obviously, but also just to love them and, and, and serve them in any way we can. Because that is the that is the historic, like you're saying, that's the historic Christian position because voting is this kind of new mm-hmm. American concept we have, but we also have clear commands in Scripture that we should be showing sacrificial love to people. And that's that's what I hope we come out of this season with, regardless of what happens next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a way in which we make uh, make the other side the, the villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And whatever side we're on, the other side is the villain. Mm-hmm. But our side, we, we are the righteous yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and the truth is there are no righteous ones. Are no right. righteous. We're gospel right. honest. Yeah. There are no righteous ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, could, you, could you go policy for policy and maybe look at the scriptures and draw straight lines from biblical text mm-hmm. to certain policies. I think you could. Yeah, and I think you could, could argue yeah. very clearly. Mm-hmm. However, um, I there, I don't think there's any candidates where you would wholeheartedly. I think yeah. Justin, this was your point earlier, mm-hmm. where you would wholeheartedly say yes, every yeah, issue, right. every yeah. issue, yeah. and, and yeah. all yeah. the characters just outstanding. And yeah. I agree with the way mm-hmm. they yeah. treat people and speak yeah. to people and mm-hmm. foreign policy, all of it. It's yeah. it's all yeah. my game here. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could interject, go just to it. go back to, I think your original question is why? Why do we feel like we need to um, mm-hmm. convince Demonize, someone else yeah. of mm-hmm. ourselves, or oh, yeah. or yeah, that that element mm-hmm. of like, well, they're mm-hmm. just way off now. Mm-hmm. Why do we feel like we have to do that? I I do think there's an element of arrogance and pride yep. mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's definitely. mixed into yeah. that yeah. that mm-hmm. says I have found the position, yep. mm-hmm. and that position is is now the position that all must hold. Mm-hmm. And so in arrogance, I'm going to go convince someone of where they're at fault. It's it's like Paul's argument in, to the Corinthian church when he's talking about weaker brother mm-hmm. and uh, and stronger brother. And he's saying, like, if you're the stronger brother, like if, if your conscience allows mm-hmm. you to, to do something, like don't go to the weaker brother and just, like, force them along, like force mm-hmm. them to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same way, there's an element of, I think it applies in this way that, if, if you're convinced of something and you see someone is off in this area and it's a matter of, of liberty that we have, don't don't force their conscience. Don't don't force mm. them to do mm. this because mm. you're actually bringing them into sin um, by doing that. You're, you're causing them to fall into sin and stumble. Um, and and I think that's a, a dangerous place to be in mm-hmm. when, when we're in that because Paul directly says not to do it. Like mm-hmm. Paul is saying this is not what should be happening with you. Like if, if you've come to this conclusion that you you believe is right, um, great. If you want to talk to someone in a, in a manner that helps them to gain further understanding of your position and, and helps them to maybe even see like, hey, that, you know, that might be right. Do so in a manner that's gracious and humble and 
um, recognizes the fact that, like you mentioned, we're we're all going to stand before God mm-hmm. individually, and and I'm not standing before someone else, and I'm not standing for your decisions or someone else's decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think ultimately, if we're operating in that with that mindset in mind, and not in a proud or arrogant way, like I'm going to convince this person of what's true. Um, it it changes the flavor and the nature of our conversations a lot of ways too. Mm. So to to maybe illustrate that a bit, let's say you have a you have a position on gun violence that you think will end mm-hmm. effectively end gun violence in America, which we would all say is wrong. Like that's a mm-hmm. sin. Absolutely. You shouldn't take human life unjustly. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a position on you know this new piece of legislation. Uh, I think in your mo- or I guess what you're trying to lay out is say it's great for you to have that and it's great for you to say I'm going to vote for this or support it or whatever politically where then would you maybe cross the line into uh, pulling along that weaker brother in a way that would cause them to sin would that be when you're like showing up at your church small group and slamming legislation on the table and saying everybody has to vote for this or else you're guilty of supporting you know continued gun violence in America? like how would you maybe say where someone has crossed the line then yeah I, I think that I mean that example is the extreme mm-hmm. um, where I think yes you definitely cross the line but um, I would say it's even even in the the conversation you would have with someone. So if, if you had that position, you were talking with me, saying you, you need to vote for this because it's so important. It's going to mm-hmm. end, end gun violence in America. Um, and if you don't, then you just don't care about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think even that statement itself yeah. steps over the line mm-hmm. where you're now questioning the character of someone. Mm-hmm. You're, questioning, mm-hmm. you're questioning someone's... Um, appreciation for what God has said is good, which is life Mm -hmm. and said, you don't believe this now. Like you, you don't uphold what God wants to uphold Mm -hmm. because you're not following what I think is the right way to go. Cause you just subtly said, you don't know who God wants to uphold Mm -hmm. because you just kind of subtly put your position as God's position, which Mm -hmm. we could all look at the Bible and say, well, there's no gun legislation line for line here. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I get you. Um, what we want to say, though, is, and just to be clear, I can, I can hear the, yeah. the, the yeah. arguments already for mm-hmm. our podcast. They're saying, so you think that abortion is okay, and so you would, you would endorse candidates. They would say abortion is not a, a conscience issue. But you guys are, we're, no one's saying that. Oh, no, 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 we would all yeah. say, That's just like you said, taking list. a human <laughs> life is wrong yeah. Yeah. with yeah. a gun. We would all say abortion is 100% wrong, oh, regardless of how many days of fertilization the mm-hmm. egg is. Right, exactly. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. So just so everyone's yeah. clear okay. watching this, yeah. listening, yeah. Yeah. We are, I, I, we are I all in the same I cannot vote for place. someone who, who says abortion is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Okay. You and I have made that clear. You yeah. guys have made that clear. Right. What, we're, what we're saying, though, is that it is possible to say, okay, I can still vote for a candidate who may not be pro-life, but I don't agree with them on this issue. Mm-hmm. And the other issues are weightier to me. Just like I gave the example of the Supreme Court. Yeah, sure. Someone yeah. might say, look, yeah. I'm voting on the issue of Supreme Court here mm-hmm. and not on these other issues. Mm-hmm. It's possible to have that in your mind and in your conscience. Like, okay, God, I'm voting... Uh, the Supreme Court's really important, just like maybe the gun thing. G- yeah, God, right. the gun, gun, the so, gun yeah, thing yeah. is just, or, or the environment. You know, I've heard, mm-hmm. and then you know, you say environment, and now people are all fired up. Their hair right. just caught on fire. Right. It's 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 blazing. You know, <laughs> maybe the environment to you is huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like all the other issues are are not as huge. 
it's an example. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there are many issues, many, yeah. and we're not saying by that that abortion is not important. No, you know, no, no. it's it not is, the only issue. It's a point. It's not the only important issue. Right, but it is very important. Very and, important. And, and for years, Eddie had the Stop Planned Parenthood sticker on his bumper, mm-hmm. and you know, so we we are all, no one in this room is pro abortion. Mm-hmm. We're not pro death. Uh, we are pro life people. Um, we're trying to say it's more nuanced right. than right. this simplistic. If you just vote right once every four years, right. this could mm-hmm. this could end it all. Right, and, and I do think there there is truth to the um, to the fact that conservative parties in America have held abortion out as a carrot for people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. said, "You vote for me, and mm-hmm. I'll make sure." Mm-hmm. Stuff happens to reduce mm-hmm. and, and legislate against abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's happened at times, mm-hmm. but there have been multiple times throughout the last 20 years mm-hmm. where the Republican Party has had full control of all aspects of government and mm-hmm. have done nothing. And they've done nothing, yeah. Um, yeah my done point. nothing yeah. to curtail abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they've held it as a carrot out to specifically Christians mm-hmm. um, to where you've even seen candidates who have changed positions that they've held historically mm. Mm. when they became president and were running in a Republican ticket because they knew they had to appeal they to a Christian vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though for they have, there's a record of 30 years where they voted for abortion mm. legislation constantly. Mm. Um, and yet when they became a Republican, they had to change their position. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's a real thing. Um, and that's stuff that has to just be worked out as someone evaluates the situation. Yeah, there's so many, so many um, factors to consider. When you... Whatever candidate you vote for, if you're pro-life across the board, you got to look at where where are they at on the dignity of human being. Mm-hmm. You know where do they stand when it comes to the dignity of human life in the Imago Day. Where do they stand on the dignity of the Imago Day in the womb, and where do they stand on the dignity of the Imago Day outside the womb? Because you know when it comes to certain issues. Um, uh, Evangelicals in particular, certain things are very important, like you said, the abortion thing and, and, and homosexuality and gay marriage and all that, Israel and all that kind of stuff. And those are important issues, you know. But for somebody else who's um, uh, poor, you know, in, in an impoverished area, they're looking at, okay, but what about me and, and the issues going to affect me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm not so much concerned about Israel. <laughs> you know, another right. country, especially right. if they're not a Christian, they're not really ain't concerned about right. that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but what about all these policies are going to affect me economically? You know, and 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 it's going to affect w- if I can even move forward. Um, and so all of those things are important, and, and I'm not, I can't ignore that as a as somebody who's in that position. You know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and so people have to consider that, and it put, and especially if you're a Christian, and it puts you in a tough position because okay, I'm, I'm pro life and I'm against abortion, but at the same time. You know, I got these other issues. You know, as 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 a as a black person in America, I got these other issues concerning race, justice. Am I just to just ignore all of that? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't afford to do that. Historically, I couldn't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't afford to do that now. So I put you in this in this in a, in a catch twenty two, if you will. I can use that term. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're wrestling. You know, and it's easy to say, oh, forget about those other things and just deal with this when you're not in that position. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so, yeah. so, so we can't just ignore that and say that 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 they can't have to ignore issues that are going to affect them and policies that are going to affect them personally, mm-hmm. even though they're very much pro-life. Yeah. But I'm also pro-life when I'm 22, and not just when I'm in the womb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. agree. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So maybe maybe we could ask this question and, and open this up a bit. Um, how should Christians who disagree politically interact with each other? What is a godly way to disagree? So here's, here's one thing I could say. We've gotten to the place in our culture where if we disagree, we are automatically enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's, we don't have to do that. Right. Number one, like right. we can disagree and still love each other. Mm-hmm. We can disagree vigorously mm-hmm. and still love each other. Yeah. In my opinion, mm-hmm. we could disagree vigorously on much and still be church members mm-hmm. and be oh, yeah, maybe even in, on the same elder board. You mm-hmm. know, like it doesn't have to be that we need 100% full consensus on every single issue there mm-hmm. is, especially politically, mm-hmm. for there to be unity. It, it just doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a strange place in America where... If I disagree with you, that means I then have to disassociate with you, mm-hmm. and you're no longer a friend but an enemy. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a bad place, but that's where we are. Right. Uh, and and I think that it's a bad look that we're so quick to just drop somebody and say, I could care less if I ever even hear from you or see you again, mm-hmm. yeah. because you and I are are off on this issue, whatever this is. Like, to me, that's pretty upsetting. And I know that that is not just a, you know, October of 2020 situation. That's been the situation for a long time. But it bothers me Mm -hmm. personally. So how should we interact with each other as Christians? Number one, I would say, if we disagree, that does not mean we have to villainize the other person, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean we have to disassociate from the other person, and it doesn't mean we have to villainize the other person. There's yeah. my three answers right off the top of that. Yeah, if, if I could say just to start, and I'll kick it to Justin and Eddie, um, especially in the political framework of things, if both people can come with a with a view of the sovereignty of God that no matter what happens, right. God's in control of all right. of this mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually in conversation, maybe start by affirming that um, yep. with each other yep. when mm-hmm. you sit down and talk um, that no matter what happens November 3rd or who knows how long the election is going to take because of all the other things that are probably <laughs> yeah, going to go right. on with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we're December 15th and it's still being decided, God's in control of all right. of it. Right. Amen. Um, Amen. God, God, like... Um, Jesus is bigger than the president. He's bigger than this country. He's he's bigger than all the political things. And he's the only one who's going to rule and reign physically and literally on this earth. Um, That's my (laughs) premillennial. He's the only one that when he returns will actually have true justice Mm -hmm. and rightness and, and rule with truth and rule fully in a way that everyone... Who, who has trusted him? Who is part of his people? Can look to and say, "I agree, a hundred percent." Yeah. And so I think starting at that point, yeah. say like we agree on that, um, would be very beneficial to whatever conversations mm-hmm. come out. So of. the agreement would be God is sovereign over no matter over all, and especially what happens yeah. with politics, mm-hmm. and especially what is happening currently in the country. Mm-hmm. God is yeah. some, somehow mysteriously, invisibly, sovereignly controlling it all for his good ends. Yep. Mm-hmm. He raises and takes down kings yep. as he wills. Yeah. Daniel 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> well, first of all, the fact that you have to say, or we have to say, 
um, because you disagree with me, I'm not going to demonize you and villainize you. The fact that I have to say that is, a, is concerning. I mean, as a Christian, why would I even assume or think that I can do that? You know, I can, you know, demonize you just because you disagree with me. Why did I, why did I, even, you know what I'm saying? You know, the fact that we have to. Well, surely you've experienced this. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's sad that, that we have to do that. That's my point. It's sad that I have to, um, I don't know, it's, but, 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 yeah, we, we, we shouldn't automatically make you an enemy mm-hmm. because of a disagreement, especially on a, such a secondary issue. Like politics, it's a secondary issue, mm-hmm. you know, um. I mean, I don't, it's not brain surgery to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. But you do realize there's people who are going to disassociate you because of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. I've seen it. I've seen mm-hmm. it with, with other people. You did this podcast. You're done in some people's minds. Cancel. I, I know. You're done. And that's, and, and that's, and. They're and, done with you. And that's wicked on their part. That's evil. And they're, that's sinful. And they need to repent. <laughs> Plain and simple. That's allowed. They need to repent. You know? That's allowed what we've seen in culture. That yeah. we often decry in culture. Of right. Cancel culture. Cancel culture mentality. Yeah, cancel culture. Yeah. We just cancel allowed thing, it yeah. to infiltrate the church right. and just become comfortable with it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just. And, and, and it's gotten uh, the last few years. It has gotten worse. This whole cancel culture thing, and and because it wasn't always like that. You know, you, there used to be a time when you could disagree mm-hmm. and still get along and go out and have lunch and stuff. It's only been recently where well, you can't disagree and you, um, you know, demonize the other person and vilify them. It hasn't always been that way. Yeah. You know, that's a fairly recent thing. However long it's been, but it's a fairly recent thing. And this is like, wow, you know. Yeah. I mean, you even see like New Testament Paul. Um, writing about him confronting Peter mm-hmm. on a gospel issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm. and he doesn't, I don't, he never says he hates Peter. He never mm. says right. he disassociates yeah, yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter even writes later in his epistles, like, there's some good things with some very, some things in Paul that we don't even understand. So he's apparently mm-hmm. reading Paul's works, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. they had this conflict at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's never even in that disagreement of a gospel issue mm-hmm. of... Mm-hmm of that high importance that Paul values highly um, where he's confronting the, the one who Jesus hands the keys to the kingdom to and saying, you're wrong, mm. but does so I would imagine in Galatians six, one in a manner that is gracious and kind and loving and mm. helps Peter yeah. come out from a place of where he was incorrect. Yeah. And we even see it even with the news nationally, with the news, you know, you know, yeah. there was a time when, you know, you never knew where a newscaster stood on any issue, yeah. you know, because they just reported the news and and they were neutral. Yeah. But now, you know, exactly where they stand. They got a whole, yeah. whole, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. stations are, yeah. or that are catered towards one view, you know, and we all know what they are, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's not just, you know, privately, it's even nationally. You know, we do that. We vilify people nationally mm-hmm. and think it's okay to do that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to say this because I think it's edifying. Okay. And uh, if we want to edit it out, we can edit it out. Um, you you mentioned it, and it's definitely true. Like, as for elders, we we definitely don't agree on the minutia of our political, you know, choices and, and the way things are done. And mm-hmm. I think you guys have said a number of times, um, I personally don't uh, see the term pro-life as as one that is criteria for whether or not I'll vote for someone. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I'm i not saying I, I vote pro-choice all the time. What I am mm-hmm. saying is that someone someone doesn't have to be pro-life for me to vote for them. And that's my mm-hmm. personal conviction. Mm-hmm. You guys have your personal conviction. Mm-hmm. I don't see those as in conflict with each other. And mm-hmm. I think when you guys see me, 
you don't see someone as like, oh, he's guilty of, right, you know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the terrible sin of abortion. Nor mm-hmm. when I see you do I think, oh, these guys are guilty of all the terrible things about the Republican conservative party. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're able to separate, like, you know, politics is a conscience issue. Mm-hmm. You make your choice. Whether or not I think your choice is right is a one-time thing. And we've done so much work together in this church that we have seen is like, yeah, we do want to see people taught the Bible. We want to see the community prayed for needs met mm-hmm. that like we've partnered on so much good mm-hmm. that why would I let one decision that I make or that you mm-hmm. make every four mm-hmm. years be a point of division for us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we all like, I'm sure if we talked about, you know, the minutiae of any political issue, mm-hmm. be it, you know, healthcare, guns, taxes, like we'd all probably come out differently. Mm-hmm. And so like, that doesn't, that's not a, that's not a pre-qualification for our unity. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the verse that I've been trying to come back to in this political season, uh, James 3, 17 and 18, because pol- politics is like, it's wisdom. It's like, how do I try to mm-hmm. make the best decision out of these things that the Bible doesn't explicitly speak to, i.e. who should I vote for, mm-hmm. right? And, and for some people, it's should I vote at all? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I have yeah. a lot of respect for Christians. Yeah. Like, nope, I'm, I'm just too. not going to yeah. get involved I'm going to get mad. I ain't mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I totally get it. Get it. Like, you know, there's a lot of... <laughs> I get it. Sometimes my conscience I thought about it. Yeah, I've like, thought about it myself. I'm just not going to vote on this issue or on this candidate. So, yeah. And people would crucify me for that, but whatever. Because that's a legit position like some yeah, people are like, yeah, oh, yeah. just you know my conscience mm-hmm. won't want me to participate yeah. in any of it and I, and I respect that. And they have that. the freedom yeah. to yeah. do that. Exactly. Not only yeah. in yeah. our system but yeah. as Christians. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have the freedom to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not offending anybody dead when I do that but that's the only other conversation. Right, yeah, yeah. Because especially <laughs> there, isn't, there isn't there isn't an angle for sure that as African Americans mm-hmm. it's like look people really fought for you yeah, to vote. Yeah. And yeah, I get and I appreciate that. that. I appreciate it. And they also fought for, for being the right to, to abstain if I wanted mm-hmm. to. There you go. Thank you. So uh, James three seventeen and 18, wisdom that comes from above, from heaven, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So that's, that's like, Pete, to your point, like, that's what I'm trying to have in the conversations that I have with people politically. Like, can we be pure? Meaning, like, can we pursue and want one thing, which for us is the glory of Jesus? Like, can we want to make much of Jesus in this conversation? Can we be peace loving? Like I, like you were saying, like I don't, I don't want to have a conversation where I'm trying to destroy someone or like own someone in an argument. And that's very much what you see in the political discourse on the mm-hmm. news. Like it's mm-hmm. all about, mm-hmm. you know, exposing mm-hmm. and, and destroying. And the Bible says we should be peace loving, mm-hmm. which means we love the rule of God mm-hmm. and the values of God displayed and the values of Jesus specifically. But yeah, like being considerate, like thinking about why someone else would come to a position but because of they have different experiences or a different outlook than me. Mm-hmm. Being submissive, being full of mercy, which is like, you know, if I see something inconsistent in someone's argument, do I have to jump on it every single time? Do mm-hmm. I have to try to, mm-hmm. you know, spend my time trying to expose other people or, or take them down for their views? Well, the Bible says wisdom that comes from above is full of mercy, mm-hmm. meaning I'm not considering it my job to try to police someone's conscience mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's how Christians who disagree politically, which is basically every Christian, mm-hmm. if you talk mm-hmm. to someone long enough about politics, we all right. disagree on something. Right. Mm-hmm. We should be what James three seventeen and 18 says, considerate, submissive, mm-hmm. full of mercy, good fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what would make us marked as Christians during this season is not who we voted for, but it's are we going to reflect those characteristics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we want in our church, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not... Absolutely. We're not coming on this podcast explicitly or implicitly to tell you who to vote for. Mm-hmm. Right. We're coming on this to say, like, can we represent and reflect Jesus? And can we 
walk with one another in, in those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and Jesus will come back mm-hmm. and he will take over the yeah. politics. Yeah. Thank God. The, the, <laughs> the king returns. Yeah. Amen. The theocracy, the monarchy is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he has, at least for us in North America, he has put us in a democratic republic where we get to, you know, in some sense, decide who is going to rule over us. Uh, in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's helpful what Pete said too to say like, okay, whoever does get in, this is in some sense God's person because mm-hmm. he right. is yeah. mm-hmm. the Lord and mm-hmm. he is the yeah. one who chooses yeah. which direction history is going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So if you're a post-millenn- post-millennialist, God's choosing it to go in a good direction. And, and, and though we would tip our hats and say, we do think the gospel is going to prevail regardless. Yeah. Right. You could be in yeah. a totalitarian regime like China and, and the gospel and the church is expanding and flourishing. Yeah. It is. Though we would not want that. We would not, yeah. I, I would not vote for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. put my cards on the table. I, I don't want totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. I want freedom of speech and mm-hmm. right. I yeah. want the freedom to publish and preach and mm-hmm teach my own kids the, you know, the doctrines of God. Uh, I don't want to be told what I can and can't say. Mm-hmm. However, even if that does happen in America, the gospel is still going to spread and mm-hmm. the kingdom of God yeah. will expand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. And that will be our encouragement for us as believers. That will be where we land mm-hmm. <laughs> after all is said and done. When we yeah. come out of the room fighting, uh, we ought to land right there, you know, yeah. that, listen, um, we win in the end, yeah. you know, and um, Christ is coming back and the government will be up on his shoulders. Yeah. And um, no more voting, no more, none of that, you know. And, maybe um, he's a theonomist. Maybe he's a theonomist, you know. Well, no, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's riding a donkey. I don't know. Maybe he's riding an elephant. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, but that's, yeah, we ought to be able to do that in, in mm-hmm. love. and It's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, so... One one thing I wanted to say I thought was helpful was um, in recent months, uh, Dave Platt has put out a book called Before You Vote. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read that book yet? No, no I haven't. Read very it. short. Yeah. You know, okay. it's uh, it's a very it's a booklet more than it is a book. Mm. And uh, he's been criticized for not saying you should vote for this person or this <laughs> person. Um, highly criticized hated on but i think that the the seven questions that he asks people to ask are very biblical it's saturated in scripture and um you know his church is right outside of dc and he's mm-hmm. got both political parties in his sure. church yeah. mm-hmm. he's got a hundred different nations mm-hmm. represented in mm-hmm. his church mm-hmm. and they are all about um the, the gospel going forth in every people group every tribe nation language people uh, and I've found it to be a very helpful resource, mm-hmm. so I want to recommend it as a as a as a book you should read. You could get it and read it tonight. It's not a long book, mm-hmm. so even if you you know you're like, man, it's next week. Well, <laughs> you could get yeah. that book and read it tonight. Yeah, he did an excellent message on Sunday. I listen to him normally on Sundays, and he did an excellent message Sunday about the whole thing about voting. It was really good. I would highly recommend you listen to it as well. It was very good. Um, and he basically stated, he said, we're not, in my church, we are not going to divide over this. Over, and it was a very good message. Um, so I would recommend you listen to that. How many YouTube comments did you get? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any, Pete, okay? <laughs> I love David Platt. I love, he does mess with YouTube. 
But I, I love David Platt. He's very um. Yeah, he's he's good. I like him a yeah. lot. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. All right, brothers. Anything else that we want to commend, recommend, help our people to, you know, think through before we close it down tonight? You need to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming no. I'm assuming no, no. Nothing from me. Okay. No, I think no. We good? Okay. Yeah. I think what Pete said is good. Is uh, this voting thing is a modern, very American thing, and hold on to it lightly because we we're we're part of a global and historic body that has succeeded under many different rulers. So whoever is or isn't in power next Tuesday. The church is gonna continue. So. Amen. Amen. That's good. Amen. Good word. Amen. All right, brothers. All right. Love you guys. All right. cool. Love you too. Yeah. Yeah.